So who of you guys have seen the movie called Hacksaw Ridge? You can just raise your hand. Okay, not many guys. It's one of the most amazing true war films ever filmed. And uh, it was about this specific guy. His name was um, Desmond Doss. And it was on this island, a very strategic island in Japan called Okinawa. And the Americans were trying to take control of this, and the Japanese had a stronghold. But part of the problems which the Americans were facing, they had to climb up a cliff face, which was 120 meters high. And every time they got up, they attacked, and the Japanese repelled them. And so it went on for years. It was, apparently, there were over 2,000 people killed on that specific island. But the story is about Desmond Doss. He was a seven-day Adventist, an ardent Christian. He loved God's Word. He was passionate about God's Word, so much so that he had a crocheted, I'll never forget in the movie, he had a crocheted um, emblem or frame thing of the Ten Commandments on his bedroom wall. And every night he went to bed, he would almost like recite these Ten Commandments. And the one commandment which stuck out was, Thou shalt not kill. And his brother volunteered to go to the war, and everybody was volunteering to, to go to the war. And he said, he can't stay here. He's got to go to the war, but not to fight. And as a result of not wanting to fight, he was abused by his fellow soldiers. He was verbally, emotionally abused. Eventually, they wanted to court-martial him right out of the army because he refused to pick up a rifle. But eventually... He was, the guy said to him, okay, you're on your own, you can go as a medic, a medical soldier to help those guys who are wounded. So he went in there, and everybody looked at him, you know, I mean, the, his fellow soldiers just, I mean, they were terrible towards him, it was unbelievable, they beat him up, it was, it was shocking. But anyway, he gets up, the bombs are flying, the guns are shooting, people are being blown into pieces, if you haven't seen the movie... Go and see it, but it's extremely graphic. <laughs> the best part, you see limbs flying all over the show, blood and brains, and you know, it was amazing. <laughs> and this guy, he was in the thick of it, but he didn't have a weapon. He didn't take his rifle with him in the World War II. He, just, he was a medic. He's running around there, patching up this guy, patching up this guy. Then he sees there's a guy lying there. He's half dead, and he takes him to the edge of the cliff. And he lowers him down to, the, to the, where the base camp was so that he could receive medical attention. And then he went back into, into the midst of the war and he sees another guy there. And off he goes and he drags him and he lowers him down with a rope to the base where the guys can take him for medical attention. He carried on doing this for 12 hours nonstop. He saved 72 lives. His hands were bleeding as he, as he let the guys down. Everybody had deserted him. Everybody had gone down. It was him alone against the Japanese, and the Japanese were hunting him. But he was so passionate about his call on life that he said, No, Lord, no, Lord, one more. And he went back for the one more. Give me one more, Lord. One more, Lord. And that, I believe, is something which God is stirring in each one of us. He's given us a heart. That needs to be filled with passion to go for one more. And today's question is really, what are you passionate about? You see, the passion of Desmond Doss to do what he had to do is what God asked him. And he said, yes, God, I will serve you passionately until the day I die. It doesn't matter what the cost is, what the pain is. I'm going to serve you passionately. And he did that. 
And sometimes our passion is steered in the wrong areas. Our passion is steered towards gimmicks. It could be hobbies. It could be uh, children. It could be movies. It could be TV, series, Netflix, whatever the case is. It could even be our cell phones. Now, who knows how many hours the average person spends looking at their iPhones or their cell phones? Too much. Five and a half hours is the average that a person looks at their cell phones today. That's an incredible amount of time looking at a little piece of metal with a blue screen. Happy birthday, Robbie. Now, five and a half hours, you can imagine if you were that passionate about God that you would take out of those five and a half hours and spend a half an hour reading God's word or speaking to God, hearing his voice and asking him what he wants you to do. What is he laid in your heart to do to advance the kingdom? God is looking for people who are passionate today. He doesn't want us to be lukewarm. He wants people that are passionate, people that are going to get up from here and go and say, listen, I'm going to do this. You know, Andrew preached that preach at the gathering last year. Who, most of you should have been there. And he said, look, we're heading towards end times if we're not in end times. I mean, everybody's talking about World War III. We don't know. It could be that Jesus is coming shortly. Now, if you're taking your time, if you're back-footed, you could miss the train. You could miss the boat. You might not be caught up in the cloud. And I want to stir up in your passion to say, no, listen, let's get back to the basics. Let's get passionate about the things that God has called us to do. His word says, go into the nations and make disciples of all people, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son. That's Matthew 28. Are we making, beloved, disciples of all people. When last have you sat with somebody and spent some time praying with them or going through God's word, unraveling some scriptures with somebody, or telling them the way of the life that Jesus led and that we're trying to, to lead as well? Now, I'm not trying to make it heavy on you guys, although I am, because I want to stir up a passion in all of you that there is something that we need to do. There's a sense of urgency in the times that we're living today. Don't take today for granted because you don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. The Swedish government has just released a massive announcement to their population and said, guys, get out there, get radios and get torches. There's a third world war coming. It's amazing. I mean, we're on the southern tip of Africa. We're not sure whether we're going to be caught up in it because we're in bed with the Russians and the Chinese, but who knows? Anyway, God created us with a desire to be passionate that we might fulfill his desires, his purposes, and his plans for the people in this world. The greatest act of passion was when Jesus died on the cross for us. I mean, there's a movie called The Passion, and it was about Jesus dying on the cross. It was an awesome movie, also very graphic. But I mean, if you watch that movie, you'll cry as I did. I mean, every time I watch it, I cry. But it was amazing. It was just a a wonderful act of passion. And God loved us so much. But he he gives us one scripture. I'd just like to read it to you quickly. Um, You can put it up for me. Mark 12.30. So what is our purpose? What, you know, 
How can we say that God is passionate about you? How do we become passionate about God? And he says, you must love the Lord, your God, with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength. Come on, let's get real. Let's get real right now. Do you love God with all your heart? All your mind? All your strength? Really? I mean, Lorraine and I, in March, will be married for 43 years. It's amazing. I love Lorraine so much, I'll marry her a thousand times over. But I can tell you this much. I don't think as much about Lorraine every moment of the day as God thinks about me. Because he's passionate about me. And God is passionate about you too. And he wants you and me to be passionate to start praying for people, unbelievers, fellow um, workers, people in your business, your friends, your family, your children who aren't saved. Be passionate about this. Lord, I do not want to see them going in a different direction that I'm going on the day that Jesus returns. So, here's a concern that we have. Some people sitting in this room that are lukewarm. And if I do ask you now, genuinely, who's lukewarm? Yeah, I don't think anybody's going to stick their hands up. But if you had to reflect against that scripture, love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your mind, all your soul, and all your strength, you might say, well, actually, maybe. I think most of you would arguably say, yeah, I'm a little bit lukewarm. I could be more passionate, more on fire for Jesus. What is more concerning is some of you would say, yes, I'm lukewarm, and you'll walk out here and do nothing about it. I'm lukewarm, okay, that's it. Kim said, lukewarm, Jesus actually said, if you're lukewarm, I'm going to spit you out in Revelation chapter 3 to the Lysadia church. Oh, it's okay. More concerning is that some of you would say, yes, I am lukewarm, but you want to be lukewarm. I'm happy with my life. You know, I've got enough of God inside of me right now. I don't need more God. I've got enough God. I mean, listen, I go to comms or community or home groups every Wednesday night. I go to church. And now and then there's training. I go to the, now and then there are prayer meetings. I mean, really, do you want more from me? And God is saying, yes, I want all of you. I want every part of you. There shouldn't be a cavity or space inside of your heart that is not filled with God himself. He wants all of you. And it's going to be costly. You've got to lay your life down to him because he laid his life down to you. The problem is that we become less passionate about his kingdom and more passionate about our kingdom. My kingdom, my kingdom come first. Not let your kingdom come first. So I'll do what I need to do. So I, oh, gee, I went to Sunday. I'm in church two Sundays this month. I don't have to go another two. I don't want to throw a little religious like, preach all over you guys. Just giving you like top of the head thinking. Oh, do I really have to get up every morning early to meet with God? To spend the waking hours where I can hear his whisper? Or do I need to rush off to the gym, keep fit, run, get to work? 
And then maybe I'll catch up with God during the day, but then I got so busy I forgot about God and we just carry on. That is seeking my kingdom as opposed to seeking his kingdom. If I'm passionate about him, I'm going to get up in the morning and I'll wait for him. I'm going to worship him. I'll read his word and I'll wait for that still small voice. You hear him speaking to me, calling me my son. But he's never going to do that without me being on fire, being passionate about who he is and what he's done for me. And a lot of us desire to be used by the Lord. I've been down this road as well. God says, I need you to do that. Well, I'm not so sure, Lord. That sounds like heavy. I'd rather do that. Don't you think I'm doing enough already? You, know, you want me to give up my working career, but you know, earning money. And you know, if I become a full-time pastor, I'm going to earn less money. God, really? You know, he wants us to lay down our lives, just as he laid down his son's life for us. To pick up our cross daily to follow him and say, yes, Lord, no matter what the cost is, I will follow you passionately. Not half-heartedly. He doesn't want lukewarm saints. He doesn't want you to be lukewarm. And you know, we're at the beginning of the year, and a number of us have made many uh, New Year's resolutions, and all of them have been broken already. But if there's one thing that we as a congregation, we as a people of God can do this year, is to become more passionate about Him. More and more passionate. Even though it costs you everything, do it. It sounds radical and is. The problem is fear grips us and makes us uncomfortable. Like, if I do that, maybe God's going to call me into more. Yes, he's going to call you into more. There's a reason why Kevin and Mandy are here today. They've been called into more. It's not just because they're good elders. They are. They're brilliant elders, but they've been called into more. They've created a vacuum from where they came. So there's another eldership team that's coming in here, and they're going to be a blessing to you guys. They're going to see fruit of their input over all of you guys and more people as a result of God adding them to this family. And at the end of the lives, we will look back and wish we had done more. God, if only I could have done more for you. God, I know you said I should have done that. I didn't. And I just love the heart of Gerald. I don't know where he is at the moment. And some of the guys, Kev, Hey, I want to go on that outreach. I want to go to Brazil. I want to go to Indonesia where they eat dogs. I want to go to Zimbabwe. I'm going there ne next month. I want to go wherever God wants to send me. And I want to be passionate about the work that he's given me so that there can be an impact on the lives of the people so they can do the work that he's called them to do. And it's a simple Thing that you need to do. All you have to do today is say, yes, Lord, I'm going to open up my heart. That which I've given to other things, I'm going to move them aside and take you into my heart. All of you. All of my heart is given to you right now. Jesus is passionately, passionately pursuing us. And think about how he died to make way for a relationship with you. One John Chapter 4, verse 9 to 10, the New Living Translation says this. You got it? 1 John 4, there we go. 
God showed how much he loved us by sending his one and only son into the world so that we might have eternal life through him. You know, eternity has been placed in every man's heart. I was with my son and daughter-in-law for, for six weeks now in England. And, you know, you speak to them. They know, even though they're not reborn Christians, even though they're not Christians, even though they push God aside, they know that there is an eternity. Surely we live after death. God has placed that in every man's heart. Because nobody thinks, or nobody should believe, or nobody believes that, you know, when I die, the lights go out, that's it. Everybody wants, has a desire to live forever, and God has placed that in you, in each person's heart. This is real love. Not that we love God, but that He loved us and sent His Son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. I mean, just amazing. Now God is, and He says, I love those guys so much, I'm going to send my Son down. He's going to take on all this, and He's going to take the punishment. He's going to die for them because I'm passionate about them. And we stand there and we say, nah. No, God, I'm not ready for this. No, I first want to finish school, get my degree, buy a car, get a house, whatever. And so now we need to ask the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, come, do a work in my heart. Let this year be a year in which I'm completely sold out for you, where I'm passionate about you, where I commit time to you, where I sing songs of praise and to glorify you, where I lift my brothers up when they are running low. And I help those who need help. And I pray for those who are not saved. We need to be obedient to this. And our posture needs to be, yes, God, just like Kevin and Mandy, send me anytime, anywhere, any place, no matter what the cost is. Now, that's a hard call for a lot of us. Anywhere, God? Yes, anywhere. So, finally, I'd just like to tell you how much, how passionate God is about you. And I told you how passionate I am about my wife, and I think about her a lot, but not enough. Um, certainly not as much as God thinks of you and me. So I'm just going to, I'd like you to read Psalm 139, but I'm going to take a short scripture out of, the, a, a short verse out of that. Psalm 139, verses 17 to 18. He says, how precious are your thoughts about me, O oh God? Now, if you're married, if you've got a girlfriend, you say, Yo, my thoughts about my, <laughs> look at you guys, my thoughts are so precious about you. I love you. I can't wait to marry you. I'm married to you. My thoughts are you are always about precious. No, well, not always, because when Laureen doesn't feel like cooking, we have rusks and coffee. <laughs> That's a joke between the two of us. But God... He goes on and says, your thoughts about me cannot be numbered. I can't even count them. They outnumber the grains of sand. And when I wake up, you are still with me. Now, it's, if you take a shoebox and you go down to the beach and you fill it to the top with sea sand, there's over 10 million pieces of sand inside that shoebox. Now, he says, I love you more than all the sand on all the seashores throughout this world. That's how much I'm thinking about you. Is that passionate? I mean, I wish I could think about Laureen that much. I love her. I really do. But God, you're so awesome. You're so good. For him to be thinking about us in our frail, unholy broken, 
states. He looks down at us. He's with us. He's in us. And he says, I still love you, my boy. I think about you every moment of the day. Even when you're sleeping, I'm thinking about you. When you're awake, I'm singing over you. That's how passionate about you. And I'm so passionate about you. I sent my son to die for you. My only son. John 3.16, you can stick that scripture up just for those who don't know Jesus. It says, For God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son, his only son, down to earth to die for you and me. He knew no sin. Jesus was perfect in every way. He never sinned, but he took on all our sin, and he died for us. The greatest act of passion in history was when Jesus was crucified for you and me and for the people that are out there that don't know him. Can we be more passionate? Let it not be a false passion. Don't go out and I'm going to be more passionate. And then it falls to the ground tomorrow when you wake up. Can you commit in your hearts right now, Lord, stir up a passion in my heart. It's a beautiful song, stir up a passion in my heart. I want to spend more time with God. I want to spend more time in His Word. I want to spend more time singing to Him. I will, I go from one to will, I will spend more time with Him. I'm going to, and I will wake up in the morning, and the first thing that I'm going to do is get into His Word. Not go for a jog or go to the gym first. No, my priorities have shifted. My priorities have changed because God is passionate, so passionate about me that He sent His Son to die for me so that I could go and live with Him in heaven one day. There's many benefits from living in heaven. I always say this. Streets are paved with gold. God has built a mansion. I'm going to get a new glorious body, tall, dark, and handsome, look like Steve, maybe with more hair. <laughs> but just imagine, you're going to get this new glorious body when you're in heaven one day. If you're not saved, if you don't know Jesus, if Jesus is not your Lord and Savior, you're not going to get that. I'm going to get a glorious body that never has any pain, sickness, any tears, sadness, or broken hearts. I'll be perfect just as He is perfect. And we such a as imperfect beings at the moment. 